Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Flags Tell Your Truth. This is Jesse Bushdigan and I am the host of the show and welcome back for another episode. Before we get started today, I wanted to go over to the people that kind of put this whole thing together and they are our part of our sponsors and we have a new one today. We have Susan Schaffer, who is a certified divorce coach and parental alienation specialist. If you are going through divorce, ladies and gentlemen, this is the person you go to to help you guide through the messy divorce arena. She's not here to scare you. She's here to guide you, ladies and gentlemen. Susan Schaffer is a divorce and custody ally. She helps women and men navigate the troubled waters of a family breakup by sharing her own organized and pragmatic approach in the divorce process. Susan successfully crossed her own high-conflict divorce and post-divorce battle and was triumphant in her fight against parental alienation. If you are going through this right now, please do check out Susan, SusanShoffer.com. And of course, like always, we have Anna Lanier. She is the depression coach of the century. Right now, she's at a conference talking about our masterclass and if you are going through depression we can help you get out of it in 30 days with our course she has the road she has the secret roadmap to depression if you want to get out if you're tired of the pain ladies and gentlemen now is the time to get out and Anna Lanier can be your guide when it comes to depression please check out my website, jesse-bridgedigan.com, or it will be in the description of the show to check out her podia. Now, ladies and gentlemen, today I wanted to do a subject called the narcissist and what they do when at the end of the relationship. I figured we've gone through so much already, and I did want to apologize for the female narcissist episode. I did listen to it, and it has a lot of noise in it. I am going to be re-recording that right away for everybody's enjoyment. Until then, we're going to do this subject, what a narcissist does at the end of the relationship. So we're going to start with four categories, and then I'm going to get more in depth with it. There are four ways someone with a narcissistic personality disorder might act at the end of a relationship. Number one scenario is called the Casanova. A narcissist is going to act this way with their primary interest in the relationship and start with sex. And we all know, ladies and gentlemen, that sex with a narcissist is actually great. Sex was never an op- a problem. They're very good at what they do because they use sex as a weapon. The Casanova doesn't care very deeply for their partner, nor did they ever, nor did they expect to have a long-term relationship with this person. Even though chances are they never expressed this to you, they get increasingly bored and then find cruel and heartless ways to bring or break things off. For example, they might bring their partner to a party at which they actively make future plans with someone else at the party and whom their interest is clearly to be more than friends with. Or they might start an affair and wait for you to find out about it so that you are on the one who wants to leave. This is triangulation, part of it. This type of narcissist is going to be very open about the fact 
that you are no longer desirable and that they are actively seeking other partners. This outward display of disrespect and disregard for your feelings can be very terrible and very dramatic and very emotionally draining. The end of the relationship with someone who is likely already quite controlling and manipulative is just crazy making, ladies and gentlemen. The second scenario here is they fight it out. Plenty of relationships end with extreme late into the night fights that reveal everyone's indifferences. But even in the most extreme cases, people who don't have personality disorders may still sleep under the same roof before one person moves out the following day. A breakup fight with a narcissist is going to look a little different than the normal breakup fight where you would break up and then you would talk with each other about how terrible it was and come to some sort of, of mutual understanding so that if you are to break up, it's not toxic. People breaking up with narcissists usually get kicked out of the house in the pouring rain or, or made to get out of the car on the side of the highway. They will go to these extreme lengths right up until the end. Why, you ask, right? Why would they do such a thing? In the most basic sense, narcissists value themselves over others, right? The grandiose nature of the self-centeredness of them all. At its core, narcissism is about self-importance and, you know, a sense of entitlement. Narcissists believe they matter more than everyone else. The, the world revolves around them, even the universe, and they deserve to be treated that way. So don't be surprised if it ends messy. The third one is they will always make you the bad guy. Narcissists believe that they are the victims of life. That if things go awry, it's because other people are going and doing them wrong. For this reason, some of them may refuse to be the bad guy who ended the relationship, casting their partner into this role instead. This person will act ignorant, play dumb, and generally exhibit bad behavior until you make the decision to leave them. And then when you do, they will continue to play dumb and say they never would have left. This person will, will strategize in the most tactical way. They'll undertake in the subset of people with the narcissistic personality disorder called vulnerable narcissism. The vulnerable narcissist projects the self and protects themselves and fights for the recognition that is owed. Most of this fight is mental and emotional because vulnerable narcissists are often too fearful to confront people directly. And this is usually where the flying monkeys come in, ladies and gentlemen. The best way out is not letting yourself feel guilty for having left or be the one who decided to end the relationship. Even if the narcissistic partner says they wouldn't have ended it, their actions said other otherwise with obviously the devalue or the discard or the cheating or the, the, the gaslighting, all the things that they did during the relationship to sabotage it. And then the fourth one is they move down the list. Now, the fourth scenario which can occur if you are the one breaking up with a narcissist may seem like the most harmless but can actually be the quite opposite. It can be way more manipulative than you can see. 
Say you end it with your partner. Instead of lashing out, they do their best to stay on good terms with you. This seems great, right? Well, the narcissist is a recycler. People are, are pretty interchangeable, right? Uh, they try to keep a few possible partners around, usually three to five people, all of whom are happy to see them. Then when they get mad at one, they can move on to the other. For example, uh, there was a funeral that I attended to where she attended for a man she'd known years prior. Uh, three women showed up and they knew each other and resented each other, but kept accepting him back because he was very interesting. But he just wanted a complacent woman to go along with, right? If this doesn't sound like a scenario you'd accept, it's actually relatively easy to extract yourself from it. You can accept the amicable breakup, but then turn down any future invitations for dates, events, or social gatherings. Except if the narcissist and you have kids. Obviously, it, it is very hard to do so, and you do have to keep some sort of, you know, balance between you. But, you know, in that scenario, it never happens that way. Usually... They will try to use the kids as pawns and, and, and weapons against you. This is a simple four scenario with what happens at the end. I'm going to break it down where it gets a little bit deeper, right? The end of the relationship with a narcissist will often spiral down a long, long long hallway full of manipulation and and crazy making taxi tactics they may blame you for causing the relationship to end but work hard to keep you to stay with them make lofty promises promises to change their behavior or badmouth you to everyone around them they will future fate they will they will go away for months and then come back and 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 reel you back in with the hoover Ending a relationship with a narcissist is never easy. It can cause significant emotional and mental distress. This comes with trauma bonding, where you become addicted to your abuser, just like Stockholm Syndrome. Having a support or a therapist who specializes in narcissistic relationships can reduce the distress you experience and equip you with healthy coping strategies. A therapist or family or just a life coach that, like myself, that can coach you through these traumatic first little while after the narcissist is very, very, very important. Because to be alone, you will go through some of the hardest feelings that you've ever had in your life. When mine left for one of the last times, I went through pain that I don't think anyone could ever fathom till a point where I had almost taken my own life. There is something in these relationships that are so euphoric and so close to us that when it ends, a piece of you dies. A piece of you goes away. And I, I, I really don't feel as if it returns. I feel that we become different people after this thing. And I definitely have grown a lot, but I am definitely not the same person I was. 
and I will never be that happy kind of person again. I will, I am happy, ladies and gentlemen, but I am not, I will never be a hundred percent. There will always be that five to 10% that never ever comes back. So obviously we know how narcissists act in the relationship, right? They act in erratic and intense behavior. One moment it seems like they adore you. The next moment you're made to feel as if you're the sole reason everything is falling apart or you're, you feel like you're a piece of garbage that's been thrown away. To add further complication, they often struggle with owning personal accountability, recognizing their own flaws, or practicing humility. In a relationship, people with MPD may present as needy for attention, unwavering in their beliefs and convictions, and explosive when they feel threatened. Their insidious manipulation tactics can invariably trigger a vicious cycle of narcissistic abuse, especially if you're an empath. So what does a narcissist do at the end, right? At the end of the relationship, narcissists may become combative, passive-aggressive, hostile, and even more controlling. People with MPD often fail to understand other people's needs and values. They are hyper-focused on their egos, but do not account for how their actions affect others. In many cases, they do whatever it takes to restore their sense of power. There are seven things a narcissist may do at the end of the relationship. They will blame it on you. A narcissist will commonly try to incite guilt and shame. They may spin the narrative to blame their partner for why the relationship failed. This maintains their grandiose perception of themselves and gives them the leverage to try and convince others to empathize with them. The common phrases they use is, you didn't want to get, give the relationship a fair chance. You are abandoning me, uh, bleh, sorry ladies and gentlemen, you are abandoning me when I need you the most. You don't honor our commitments. You're too selfish to care about my needs. You're asking me to change too much. Ladies and gentlemen, people change all, every day. People think about other people's needs, their own needs. That's a, that's a common, uh, you know, barrier or, or just a part of yourselves that you need to understand that most narcissists are all about them. They will never see what you need. Even though you're thinking about your own needs, they, they could care less, right? If they abandon you in your time of need, that is normal. Usually it happens around a death in the family or at a time you honestly need them the most. They will leave because to them, this is the ultimate supply. They know that you are destroyed and that you'll be sad for a long time and they can keep that going the supply for quite some time. Some will fight it. Some people with MPD will argue with the breakup. They may do this directly. I won't accept that. Or you're being ridiculous. Let's just talk it out. Unfortunately, these strategies often wear down the other person. After all, it can seem easier to stay than engage in a fight. Sometimes we don't want the fight. Sometimes we, we are tired of the narcissistic abuse or the narcissistic rage. And we become complacent. And we stay because we don't want to hurt 
more than we already do. Sometimes they even make us jealous. In an attempt to get even, people with MPD will often try to make their previous partners jealous. They may find a new partner almost immediately and post pictures and sappy messages about them all over social media. Their goal in doing this is multi-layered. They want you to feel as if they've moved on. They're happier without you. They also want you to question your motives and second guess why you chose to end the relationship. They want to create the notion that they never cared about you in the first place. Unfortunately, jealousy can be effective. It can trigger feelings of insecurity and uncertainty and make you feel like you need to compete, which can cause you to focus on seeking revenge rather than moving on. Now, on the other hand, if the narcissist leaves you, this is where silent treatment comes in. They will ghost you. They will block you. It will be as if you never existed. They will move on right away because they need supply. They probably already had the, the next relationship set up before they left. But they will block you and they will not say a word to you. While you're scrambling to understand why they even left you, you will never get a closure from it or even be able to ask them why because you are then non-existent. They can guilt you into staying a lot. Uh, many narcissistic abusers try to capitalize on guilt to control others. In fact, guilt is a key component in many abusive relationships. You feel guilty about ending things despite knowing you want out. If you're in a pattern of ending things only to get back together quickly, it may be an indicator that you're struggling with feeling guilt over prioritizing your own needs. Every time she would try and come back, I, I would gladly open arm and, and say, I, I miss you and I just would want to be there because I loved mine very much. I loved my, my narcissist very much. She was the mother of my children. But the way they do it is wrong. The I'm going to kill myself is one of the big ones. And with mine, it was you make me want to kill myself. It would be my fault all the time. There's someone else who understands me like you do. So they will flaunt someone else, which is triangulation, right? You're going to end it with me anyway, so I might as well end it first. There's the assumption that you are just as terrible as they are. Another big one, ladies and gentlemen, is the promise of change. In many cases, people with MPD will make dramatic promises to change when they feel threatened. At times, they may even show effort in making changes, although those efforts are rarely sustainable. It's a misconception that narcissists don't have insight into their behavior. In fact, emerging research shows that people with MPD are aware of their characteristics. Most actual narcissists, we're not talking about narcissistic traits, we're talking about actual narcissists, the dark triad of traits, the Machiavellianism, psychopathy, and narcissism wrapped into one. They are completely aware of who they are. And they will change themselves and adapt themselves to whatever situation brings forward. But there is also future faking on the other hand. They 
when they come back, they will tell you that they've seen your change. They've seen what you are and that they're sorry for leaving you when they didn't see it before. And they'll, they'll promise that you're still their end game and that you are still there with them and that they will never leave you again, which they obviously do. Because during that time, they're, they're trying to find a new supply to leave. They always say things are going to be different. That maybe we'll go to therapy. But the thing is, though, if you got a nar narcissist into a therapist's office, would they even listen? I'm really going to focus on working on my anger. Or you should really focus on your anger and, and, and fix that so that we can be together usually is one of them and you're right i'm ready now weren't they ready before why weren't they ready before they made this long-term commitment with you if they have kids with you and all these things why weren't they ready then they will stalk you stalking is a serious problem and research shows that nearly one in six women and one in 17 men experience it at some point during their lives. In most cases, the stalking is done by someone they know. It comes in many different forms, including showing up without warning, spying and engaging in cyber tactics, like installing tracking devices or hacking into password protected material. If anyone saw my TikToks lately or anything like that, every single time I do this podcast and I get up to six to 10 episodes, it's deleted. They hack in, they delete it or they hack all my emails or something of that factor. They, they stalk my social media. They make pages about me. I have a TikTok page called the true solid Jess that is just a slander page about me where they've taken different things and put them together to make it look bad. And none of it is actually real. It's crazy the things that they will go to, especially getting their flying monkeys to do this for them. The crisis mode. While some crisis or catastrophe may be legitimate, someone with ND, MPD will often exploit certain stressors to solidify your attention. These cries are crafted to induce guilt, especially if they know exactly how to manipulate you. They'll say, I know we're not together anymore, but I just want to let you know I'm waiting to hear back from the doctor about my concerning lab tests. So now you're thinking they either have an STD or cancer or something terrible. Just letting you know that my dog died or, or your brother or your mother or, you know, but it never did happen. It's just a tactic to get you on the phone. I hope you're doing well. I've been good. I just lost my job. So you feel empathy and you feel guilty that you need to reach out and see if they're okay and the big one ladies and gentlemen they seek revenge unfortunately people with mpd often struggle to accept loss a revenge is a tactic they use if they feel attacked or threatened in in any sense in general research shows that people are more likely to seek revenge when they feel motivated by power or the desire for status. If the narcissist can't fight you or convince you to change your mind, they may try to hurt you in some other way. Now, this comes down to a lot of the fathers that go through this with narcissistic women. 
They will seek revenge and they will use the children. They will use the law courts. They will lie about things that you've done to get you arrested. They will tell people that you are something you are not. They will completely lie under oath in court to make you a monster. They will go at many lengths to exact revenge. And my last episode is actually on that. The lengths of how far a narcissist will go for revenge. So check that episode out. Um, but one of the big ones is revenge. And they will destroy you, especially if you out them to people or on social media and you tell people the truth about them. They will try to destroy you. So be careful, ladies and gentlemen. At this time of the relationship, when you leave or they leave you, seek out help. Therapy is, is, is a must. If you're considering ending the relationship, a therapist must be able to help with considering the, you know, the outcomes of these things. There are tons of reasons why therapy is good. And it doesn't have to be with a therapist or a psychiatrist. You can do self-care, self-help. Like I said, me and Anna Lanier do the depression, the secret roadmap for depression. We help people every day. I meet with people over the phone and talk about their narcissistic abuse and, and make them see the light at the end of the tunnel. People call me all the time with their horror stories and, and the terrible things that these people do. And, and I sit there and I listen and I listen and I listen and I, I, I don't try to give too much opinion or, but I show them that, that it's okay that this happened to them, that they can embrace it and they can move on with it because it doesn't define you. It's not your fault. And in the end, all we did was love the person that we were with. It, there was no ulterior motive. Except for them, with the narcissist, there's always an ulterior motive. No matter the circumstance, it is reasonable to feel scared and uncertain about ending a relationship with the narcissist. Healing from the narcissistic abuse can inevitably be a complicated process. It's essential to recognize your needs and priorities and boundaries going forward. Remember that you deserve a loving, mature relationship where you feel respected. If you're with someone who doesn't offer you that, it might be time to seriously reevaluate the relationship. I didn't date for almost two years. I had little dates here and there, and, and I tried to get back into it, but I wasn't ready. We need to really take the time in between the relationships to find ourselves, find what we love again, find our identities. Because at the end of the day, because of the narcissists and the way they end the relationship, we do not have our identity anymore. I remember when she left for a time, I didn't even know what to do with myself because I would constantly ask what they wanted to do, what she wanted to do. I would never, do it or, or pick myself because I didn't want to narcissistically injure or start a fight over me having control in the relationship. So it would even come down to what we watched on TV. Our identities are thrown away. Our boundaries are shattered. We have to seriously look and find ourselves again. And therapy is the best way to do that. 
I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode today, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Red Flags Tell Your Truth, and I am Jesse Bushdigan, the host. I am wishing you a good weekend. Stay safe. It is icy out there where we are. And as always, stay safe, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good one. Thank you.